Hello, welcome to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. Encounter is a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and launched globally on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. My name is Patrick Rice, and I'm joined in studio with my friend and brother in Christ, Dan Demite. Hey, Patrick! Dan, we are so blessed to have a, a giant of ministry. His name is Jim Beckman. Yes. He's going to be sharing his conversion story, his testimony, uh, uh, the miracles that were present. This, in, in my mind, is one of the most amazing testimonies that I think our listeners can hear. Oh, yeah. It's just beautiful to see the power of God at work in Jim's life when he was only nine years old. Nine. How old? Nine. nine. It's amazing. So, right? Dan, will you will you start off and lead us in prayer? <laughs> We're going to do it right. We're going to pray this one, okay? Oh, yeah. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. And we know, Jesus, that you love all of us with uh, just an everlasting love. Uh, Jesus, I just pray that we would come to know your love more intimately in our lives, that your love would become tangible, that we would experience it upon us, and that we would be able to share with others the joy that you have brought us so that our testimony could transform other people's lives. Lord, we just pray that you would fill us with all of the abundance, with life-giving water, wash us clean of all of our brokenness and impurities, and then wash through us with your power and your glory. Father in heaven, I thank you that there is no fear in love, and Mm. that perfect love casts out all fear. So, Father, I thank you that today, through Jim's testimony, you're going to be breaking down walls of fear that we have about drawing closer to you, and that we are going to be led by the Spirit because we are children of God. And we pray all these in the name of Jesus. Amen. Fire. Fire today. Are you ready? (laughs) I love fire. I know. I've been playing with fire for a long time. First, it was as a child, was probably a bad idea, but now it's with Holy Spirit. I dare you listeners to Google Dan, or no, YouTube search Dan and see um, videos of him <laughs> juggling torches with fire. Yeah, I juggle. I, I started juggling fire when I was in eighth grade, and the first time I did it, I actually spilled the lighter fluid all over my arm and burnt all of the uh, hair off of my right arm. So I had a naked arm and a hairy arm. It was really awkward. And is that why you're bald today? I'm not bald. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but they don't know that. <laughs> Radio personalities. Awkward. Sorry. So, Dan, um one thing I want to I want to like give a little context for um for Jim's testimony and um he's going to be talking a lot about the woman at the well at this this scripture which I think is one of the most powerful encounters that you're going to read about in the gospel of John. So mm-hmm. what 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 do you see going on in the woman at the well in this in, in Jim's conversion the evangelization experience he had? What do I see with the woman in the well? Yeah. Yeah, there's just so much power because uh the woman in the well when she encounters the love of Jesus, she she goes forth and she tells people about it, right? And what, what happens when she tells people about it? They come to believe and they say, we want to see for ourselves. And so, you you know, like there's something powerful that when I share my testimony that I've encountered Jesus Christ and that Jesus, like, he, uh, that I saw him and that he's real and he knows things about me that no one else could know, when, you, when she shared her testimony— the entire town came to believe in Jesus Christ. It's just beautiful. So beautiful. And you know, it's amazing too, because she wasn't a credible woman. It wasn't, it wasn't like, it was like, it wasn't like it was a a prominent person in the culture that was speaking about Jesus. It was actually one of the outcasts of the culture. She was a Samaritan woman. She clear, she had a a life of debauchery really with like, well, she was like married to multiple men. Five. 
five men yep. and living with another one who wasn't even her husband. Wasn't even her husband. And so, so she didn't have a lot of credibility when she went. So there must have been something that was so transformed in her that, she, that Jesus Christ transformed her that when she shared her testimony, people listened all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. There was a transforming Absolutely. power that, that ignited her. Yeah, and like Jesus didn't have any fear in actually ministering to her, like even though she was an outcast. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, she didn't have any fear being with Jesus, even though, you know, he was a Jew. She was a Samaritan. Jews and Samaritans, they, they don't they don't really hang out together. Well, and Jewish men weren't supposed to really be socializing with women. Right. At the time. Now, another thing I love about Jim's testimony, Dan, is that, like, um, it took place outside of, like, our, your traditional Catholic church settings. Like, he's he went he, he went to, a, like, a Pentecostal charismatic prayer service where that happened. And it's like, that was the medium that God chose to to release this amazing grace in his life. And I think um, there's a lot of fear that we have. I think if you're Catholic listening right now, it's like, oh, we got like, I don't know, I, I can only do stuff in the church or God's only present here. And like, that's not what we believe. Like, that's not what, what we believe about the church. Um, what I love what Paul said in uh, Romans 14, verse 17. He said, the kingdom of God is not a matter of food and drink, but is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so the kingdom of God, which is what we're seeking after, is ultimately in the Holy Spirit. And we cannot put God in a box. And if Jim would have put God in a box and said, no, I can't go there, like I, I'm afraid that this or that will happen, then he would never, he wouldn't be on the show. He wouldn't be where he is. His family might not be set free. And I think that what, what God ultimately wants to do is not have us go running around like looking in other churches, but just to be open to the Holy Spirit, wherever the Holy Spirit wants us to go. Because he doesn't want us to be led by fear. He wants us to be led by faith. Well, if it's an authentic move of the Holy Spirit, it should always ultimately lead us deeper into the heart of the church, right? That if it's all, if it's authentic, that the, the Holy Spirit leads us into the spouse uh, of, uh, of Jesus Christ, which is the church. And so I know that the more and more I've fallen in love with Holy Spirit, the more and more I've been drawn to fall in love with the Eucharist and, and the, the deeper in love with the faith that I am, right? That, that Holy Spirit's always going to lead us deeper into the heart of the church. Absolutely. And then Jim like took what he received back into the church and launched a life of ministry. And Dan, can, 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 uh, can I tell you a little bit about what he's doing right now? Jim is, uh, he's from the Diocese of Oklahoma City, Executive Director at Impact Center as oh, well. Wow. So he works for the Diocese of Oklahoma City, and he's the director of an Impact Center, which does amazing resources uh, and ministry transformation uh, for the church that I know you and I have both been involved in. So I'm, I'm just, I, I love that there really is no fear in God, but God, you know, perfect love will cast out all fear, and perfect love has a name, and it, his name is Jesus, and he's sent us his precious Holy Spirit. What is the life-giving waters that you've experienced in your own life, Patrick? Like Jesus goes up to this woman and and, and he, he promises her life-giving waters. What what does that look like? I mean, it's it's complete refreshment. It's it's basically um, you have all of these desire, these worries, concerns, desires, things that haven't happened or fulfilled. Basic stress and worry, and it and it really comes down to. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight and twenty nine. Come to me, all you who labor and are wearied uh, and heavy burdened. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I'm meek and humble of heart. And I know that every time I come to Jesus and I seek His presence, um, 
that he fills me. Mm. Like literally, it's not just a cognitive, I understand that you've got this God. It's no, like it's body, mind, and spirit. God ministers to all of us. And so any like, it, it's like in, in medicine, when, when if you have high blood pressure and high stress, they say you need to relax and like do do something not related to your body, but it will help out your body. And in the same way, like God actually wants to minister to our flesh. So when his presence comes, it brings me peace. It lowers my my, my blood pressure, my tension. It, it really restores uh, health and, 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 and sound mind. Wow. You know, Jesus wants you to experience that for yourself. Yeah. I'm just wondering if, if, if like, if you have stress, anxiety, brokenness, like Jesus wants to fill you with his life giving waters. He wants, he wants to fulfill you. He wants to fulfill you, right? Um, our show is called Encounter and it's because we want you to encounter the love of Jesus Christ for yourself. We don't want to just feature the testimonies of people who have encountered Jesus. We want you to encounter Jesus. Our Pope, Pope Francis, just wrote on uh, Twitter not too long ago, encountering Jesus can give a decisive direction to our life, filling it with meaning. Mm-hmm. Meaning. And, you know, the Samaritan woman at the well, she was searching for love and for meaning. She was searching for purpose. And she she had gone all these empty wells. And it wasn't until she encountered Jesus that her set her her life was set on a decisive a new direction a decisive direction mm-hmm. where now she had been filled with meaning and then when she went back into her town and started to share this with others what happens <laughs> they want it for themselves they want it for themselves and so when we listen to the testimony of John today I don't uh, um Jim not John I'm sorry when yeah. we listen to the testimony of Jim today I don't want you to think to yourself like wow I'm so glad that happened in Jim's life I want you to actually say Jesus, I want that to happen in my life. And that, Fill me with the Spirit like that and, and work through me like you've worked through Jim. And that's the power of testimony. That's why we do this show. And listeners, I don't know if, if you've heard us share this before, but Revelation 19 verse 10 says that the witness to Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so, I mean, what is witnessing to Jesus? It's me sharing or you sharing what God has already done for you, what Jesus Christ has done for you. What is spirit of prophecy? It's a declaration of what he's going to do in the future. And so there's something powerful when we share what God has already done for us in our life. It can actually release the presence of God to bring forth the same uh, fruit into another person's life. And so this is super powerful, like that when you're hearing this, you can actually say, Jesus, do it again. Do it in my life. And that God can actually flow through that. So if you're, you can have two postures, Dan, you can have like a, oh, Jim, God loves him more. Like, look what he did for God. I've never had that before. I know. Can God work in that kind of like jealousy or envy, Dan? No. No. But what he can work with is like uh, gratitude, humility, um, petition, like Jesus, thank you for doing that in Jim's life. I want more of you. Can you please do that in my life? Touch me, God. And I feel like all we need to do is just be hungry. You know, I, I, I we minister to a lot of adults as well, and um, my heart's always broken for the parents that come to me where their children have fallen away from the faith. And uh, what you'll hear in Jim's story is his mother was so powerful in his life. And um, I just want to speak to those adults out here there who love their children. The deeper and deeper you fall in love with Jesus, that's just going to overflow onto your children. And so... 
Um, don't lose heart just to cling, cling more closely to Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with his power and his presence. And your kids are watching that. They're watching it. They're seeing the, the move of God in your life. And the more that you run after God and, and run after the move of the Holy Spirit in your life, that, that's just that, 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 the, those life giving waters, they aren't held within you. They, they pour out out of you. And the, just like the Samaritan woman, there was something different about her that made her go from being incredible, uh, uncredible to incredible, right? Mm-hmm. That she, they saw her, they saw her after encountering Jesus and they're like, wow. I'm going to listen to what you have to say. And because you're so filled and those life-giving waters are flowing forth from you right now through that move of God that you've experienced through encountering Jesus Christ, I'm going to listen to your words. You are now credible to me, and I'm going to go find Jesus for myself. And I think ultimately that's what parents need to know. Rest assured that your children are watching whether or not you think it. And I love what that the promise that was made that like... Um, in, in the book of Acts, when Cornelius, who was a non, he was non-Christian, non-Jew, he was a total Gentile, he comes to faith. And then like it, 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 the scripture ends up saying that like, then salvation came to his whole household, his whole family. Mm. It, but it doesn't describe the individual faith of anyone but Cornelius, the parent, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, I think God actually, he doesn't see us for, first and foremost as a bunch of individuals. He sees us as families, Amen as persons that. that are united because God is three persons united, right? Yep. So the father sees your family right now, and he just wants you to know that he's got this. He's that, got this. That he loves your children more than more than you could even love them. So that's that, that's just we're gonna we're gonna go to a break in just a minute, and I I want to be prepared that what you're gonna be hearing is the story of an authentic family transformation by the power of God. Yes. Um. Are is your I don't know. Do you have a mess or do you have a miracle waiting to happen in your family? I want to. I just want to propose to you that whatever circumstances are surrounding your family, lack of faith, sickness, unbelief, um, th- these are not problems. These are just uh, literally miracles waiting to happen. God is wanting to break through. So if if you if you need that, we're going to pray right now that God prepares you to listen well. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Father, I thank you so much for all of the restoration you're going to do through the declaration of what happened in Jim Beckman's life. Let it be done again in the lives of our listeners right now. Father, anyone who has um, incredible sickness, that Jesus, you're the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, that you still heal. For anyone that has um, crazy doubt and prodigal children running away from God, that they're going to stop, they're going to turn around because of what the power of God is going to release into your families through this word. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So you're listening to Encounter, a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio, carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Uh, On the flip side of this break, we're going to hear from Jim Beckman, a previously recorded episode that is amazing. Stay tuned. Have you heard about Church Pop? It's the newest member of the EWTN family with new online Christian content that's fun and inspiring every day. Find it on Snapchat, Instagram, and on the web at churchpop.com. 
This is all about let's go ride Harleys. Let's get quiet and go into contemplative prayer. So I want to show men that real Christians are cowboys. If you're sold out for Jesus, there's nothing more masculine you can do. Bear Wozniak leads a rolling retreat across the United States. Join these real Catholic men as they ride from the Atlantic coast of Florida to the Pacific coast of California, all the while going deeper into their relationship with the Lord. Long Ride Home with Bear Wozniak, Tuesday, 11 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Television. Father John Ricardo. When you and I wake up every day, do we strive to know Jesus or not? Quick question to you and me right now. Is that what you and I are doing every single day? The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. Welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. My name is Dan Dimite, and we're here with Patrick Rice, and we're welcoming to the show Jim Beckman, a pioneer in youth ministry and, and really lay ministry. He's been an incredible influence in the world of uh, uh, and in our country, helping shape both uh, ministries to young people, but now also adults as well and lay leaders. Jim, welcome to the show. It's great to be with you, Dan. Yeah, so Jim, uh, you know, God's done some incredible things in your life. And, and just earlier, we were talking about the Samaritan woman at the well. And growing up, you knew a Samaritan woman, didn't you? Yes, I, I love that story because it, it captures in some ways uh, so much of... Uh, I mean, I, I can't really share my own testimony without talking about my mom. And uh, and her, her story is just so similar to the conversion that you see happening to the Samaritan woman. Uh, my my life, you know, just to give you my background, uh, when I when I was very young, I was only six months old. My my dad was injured in kind of a freak accident at a chiropractor's office. Uh, he he went in with a slip disc, and you know, some, something just went wrong, and, and ended up having a severe injury that paralyzed him from the neck down. Oh man. Uh, so, so just as a young kid, you know, like my, my dad was in, in and out of hospitals for several years as they were trying to uh, fix what had happened. Uh, I had another sister who, uh, she had a stroke in the birth canal as she was being born. She, she was like three years older than me and, uh, and, and it ended up, as she was born, had cerebral palsy, uh, had lots of struggles, in, in, particularly in her, in, her, in her younger years, with uh, in, in and out of hospitals and surgeries, try, trying to help her with uh, some of the things that had happened to her uh, in, in the whole birth process. Uh, you know, so as, as, a, as a child growing up, my, my life was just filled with lots of tragic circumstances, you know, oh. and, um, and, and that had a huge toll on my mom. Uh, when, when I was about eight years old, uh, another sister, uh, who was just two years older than me, very suddenly died. Um, she contracted Rye syndrome, and re- really within within a day or two, she got she got very sick, admitted to the hospital, and, and then just just died very suddenly. Wow! And that, for my mom, was just. Uh, it, it, it just kind of broke her. Yeah, definitely. She ended up having a, a, a bit of a mental breakdown and went, went into a, a hospital. Uh, all of us kids got farmed out to different family members or relatives. And uh, I, I, I was out in California for almost four months. 
and and after that whole time we were all brought back to phoenix where we live and my uh, my mom was back home but i mean she still was very depressed and and really struggling and um i, I look back on it now as an adult and, and can see that she she probably was drinking a lot uh, even though she hid that from us she was just always in her bedroom uh sleeping and um you know, during during that whole stretch of my life, I just remember watching a lot of TV. You know, and um, so as, as a you know around that time, you know, probably nine years old, uh, one one day, just all of a sudden, experienced this very dramatic change in my mom. Hmm. Uh, she she just was more peaceful. She was present. seemed seemed joyful and happy in a way that I'd not experienced her in years. Something had definitely changed in her, and she kept trying to get us kids, you know, together. She'd try to read the Bible to us, and, you know, like, it was things that we were just not familiar with at all. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, would, I would later hear uh, her tell her story, um, and, and she, she talked about how this all started. She, she was, we were just going to Mass one weekend, and somebody stood up at the end of Mass and said, that they, they had the seminar coming a week later on a Saturday called the Abundant Living Seminar. And uh, they, they, were, they were given an announcement about this. And my mom would, would joke about how she heard the term abundant living. She's like, oh, yeah, right. Like, there, there's abundant living, you know. Yeah. And, uh, well, she hears the announcement and kind of balks at it after Mass there's people standing outside as people are leaving, handing out the flyer and personally inviting people to come. And well, of course, somebody comes up to her and, and is saying, Hey, we've got this great seminar coming next weekend and hands her the flyer. And, you know, again, it, it just makes her even more angry. Uh, and, you know, at, at, you just got to imagine like at this point, in my mom's life, very bitter, very angry at God, um, her, her her life has just been one tragedy after another. Her her husband is literally yeah. in a nursing home now, paralyzed from the neck down, and wow. she's working two or three, sometimes three jobs to try and keep the family afloat with six children. And you know, she just had wanted nothing to do with this, right? Yep, definitely. Well, she ended up going the next Saturday, uh, and and she just she had the flyer. It kept uh, it kept kind of drawing her she, and again she would share this story later that the reason why she really was attracted to go was because she just wanted to prove that it wasn't possible and so she, she ends up going to the day hearing this guy you know giving these talks all morning about uh, you know his whole ministry was kind of rooted in John 10.10 10. Hmm. I, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full uh, but he actually talked about the Samaritan woman and talked about her story and, and about those waters of abundant life, you know, those, those living waters that Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman about. Uh, that was all part of his, his, uh, his talk. Well, my, my mom had just, you know, like by, by close to lunchtime, she'd almost had, a, had all she could take. And she, she went up during one of the breaks to talk to this guy and she had to wait in line. So by the, by the time she finally got her turn, she was so mad 
that she just throws her binder at him. They, they, they've given a binder to everyone, you know, with all the materials for the day. Uh-huh. And she just throws it at him. It wow. pops open and papers go all over the floor. And, and God bless this guy. Like he, and instead of like engaging in argument with her, which, which at this point she's just kind of ranting at him like, this, this is a crock and this isn't true and this isn't even possible. If you had any idea like what I've experienced in my life, you, you would, you, you, you wouldn't be teaching what you're teaching. Mm-hmm. Well, he just gets down on his hands and knees and starts picking up her binder. Wow. Just back together and letting her go on, you know. At, at a certain point, he stands up and he, he hands the book back to her. And he says, man, I don't know your life. I don't know all of the things that you've experienced and the tragedy that you've experienced, but I do know that everything in this book is, is true. This is directly from the Bible. And God is inviting you into abundant life. He's inviting every single one of us into abundant life. Yeah. Well, she left, uh, went home, and found a babysitter, and grabbed her Bible and the binder. And, you know, it, it took her several hours, you know, but she, she ended up being able to leave us kids again and, and went to a Denny's restaurant. And, and she sat there for hours, looking in the binder, finding a scripture verse, and then trying to find it in the Bible. Hmm. And she just kept going back and forth and back and forth. Well, over time, the Word of God, the powerful Word of God, uh, broke her heart. Because she just kept finding one scripture passage after another in the Bible. But she was just convinced that it, it, it wasn't possible that they were there. Hmm. And... Uh, and and when she just kept finding one after another and reading them and realizing this is God's Word, uh, words that she had never heard before. Very late, you know, it's almost in the middle of the night. Uh, there, there wasn't anyone else around as she's sitting, you know, in this booth at a Denny's. She ends up getting on her knees, get, gets out of the booth and gets down to her knees in the middle of a Denny's restaurant in Phoenix, Arizona, and, says, and just cries out to God. If you're real, I want you in my life. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. So like that, that, what we witnessed as the change in her was on the other side of this encounter, right? Uh, This powerful moment with God, really on her own. Wow. That's amazing. So if you're just joining in, we're listening to Encounter, a production of St. Gabriel Radio. My name is Dan Dimite, and we're here talking with Jim Beckman, who's sharing this his own encounter with Jesus Christ, but he's starting with the story of his mother and how she had encountered Jesus. Jim, that's just incredible. So she literally fell to her knees in the middle of a Denny's restaurant and started crying out to Jesus. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and, and experienced God in, in a very, you know, tough way that drew her back to the to our church, to the parish, and some of the people that had invited her to the seminar, found out that there was a prayer group that met there every week. So she started going to that. Uh, and and she, she just became higher in, in her faith. Uh, and this is why, so she kept, you know, like pulling us kids together, wanting to read the Bible to us and wanting to talk to us about, uh, about, about God. And, um, you know, so over the, over the next couple of months, we, we all witnessed this powerful, transformation that had happened with her and 
so it, 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 it made sense, you know, that if, uh, uh, a, a couple months later, when she said one night, hey, I'm going to the all of us were like, yes. You know? uh, now, my, my two older brothers at that point had, had really derailed in, in many ways in, in, with things going on in their life and had, had become very rebellious and kind of hard for my mom to handle. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they weren't really, uh, you know, my, my oldest brother wasn't even living at home at that point, and, and the one younger than him uh, was kind of in and out. And, um, but, but, the, but the three younger kids, we all went with mom that night. And, and, and that really was a, the conversion moment for me. I, I was nine and a half years old. The whole program that night was going to a Pentecostal prayer gathering uh, where they had this special guest speaker and everyone wanted to go hear him. So this, this is a setting that we, we ended up walking into this night. Uh, you know, there's probably a thousand people there, this huge room. And, and this guy kind of preaching his heart out in true Pentecostal fashion. Uh, you know, he, he's waving his Bible and, and shouting <laughs> and screaming. And, uh, and I, I remember as a nine and a half year old kid being like, what in the world is this? Uh-huh. And, um, I, I was listening for the first, you know, five, ten minutes, and then I, I just I fell asleep. And, <laughs> you fell uh, asleep? Slept through almost, almost the whole talk, you know. Wow. And, um, well, I, I wake up to people clapping when he's done, and um, and and to him saying, if, if you want to hear what I've been talking about tonight, if you want to personally experience it, I, I want to invite you to come up here so that I can pray with you. <laughs> and. I, I don't know. I mean, I hadn't listened to anything that he said. I slept during this whole talk, but <laughs> I was just immediately attracted to, if you want to experience what I've been talking about. So I, I just jumped up and started walking up front. And I, I remember hearing a lot of giggling, and I'm looking around like, why are people laughing? Uh, and then I'm realizing they're laughing at me because, like, I'm walking up in front of this large room by myself. Like I literally was the first person up there. Uh, well, my, my brother and sister were close behind because uh-huh. they, they didn't, they didn't want to miss anything. Um, and I think everyone was just kind of humored by the innocence of children, you know, as we just rushed to the front. Definitely. Um, so be, because we were up there so fast though, this guy ended up, you know, like there was prayer teams all across the front, but we ended up getting prayed over by the speaker. Hmm. And I, I, I don't know how to describe it. But like as, as, as a kid, like I experienced something so tangible and real. Uh, I mean, I, I felt like a jolt of electricity just rushed through my body wow. as this guy laid hands on me. And, and I remember opening my eyes and looking around to see did somebody just touch me with something like, what was that? And I, I just, uh, you know, I had no context. I'd never been around anything like this, but I... I had nothing to compare it to, but it but it just felt so real. And then when I realized that the only thing touching me was this guy's hand, I closed my eyes and 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 it was just overwhelmed with this peace and and this joy that uh, that I couldn't contain. Uh, my my brother and my sister had very similar experiences, um, and and really from from that night there was a lot of miraculous things that that ended up happening. Um, my, my, my brother, the, the man asked us if there was something specifically that we wanted to be prayed for. And, um, and my, my brother had had all of these issues with hernias. 
and and he said, I just I want to be I want to be healed of my hernia so that I can be an athlete. Uh, he he was just a year older than me. Uh, my older sister, who had had cerebral palsy and had all kinds of surgeries, um, she had had this surgery that had been done several months before, and she had this steel plate in her leg. And she was going back like a month later to have that steel plate taken out. Well, the the, the original surgery that they had done was so complicated uh, that she she literally had to learn how to walk again. She was in a full body cast for a very long time. Wow. And, um, it, it was very painful, and, you know, very, very, uh, very hard to go through. And she prayed that night that, that the surgery that she was going to have would, would go smoothly and that she wouldn't have to go through all of that physical therapy and stuff again. Um, so I, I was actually the third person to be prayed with because I was the youngest. And so he, like, I'm listening to my brother and listening to my sister. It's like, I didn't have any, any physical thing that I needed prayer for. <laughs> yeah. And so I just said, I just, I just want as much of Jesus as I can get. Amen. Uh, that, that was my request. <laughs> you know? And um, Give so it we, to me, we leave that night, we, we, we get in the car, and like, it, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like we, we were just on fire, um, and we're trying to sing songs we had just heard that night, but none of us really knew the words, you know? So we're, we're, we're trying to sing these songs, but it's like disjointed and mixing songs together, and but we're all—it's it's very loud and chaotic, and, and like you, you know, like you're just um, you're just so excited, uh, and and so we're we're driving home in 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 this environment, right? Well, right in the middle of that, this, you know, like there there is a break between songs or something, and like out of my mouth comes my people. Your father is going to be healed and restored to your family in six months. <laughs> so you're a nine year old. Well, there's like dead. There's like dead silence. Yeah. So I'm nine and a half years old. Wow. And everyone in the car just freezes. Like, what was that? Uh, and I remember my mom like starting to sing another song. Like, I, I think she was just like, "Okay, that was awkward. I have no idea <laughs> uh, what you know." So it was almost like we pretended like that never happened. You know. Um, but I, I remember later that night just being convinced my dad's going to be healed and he, and he's going to be back at home with us, which I had not experienced at, at from the, you know, my entire life. My dad had not been in my life. He was in a hospital or in a nursing home. And so as, as a nine and a half year old kid, like taking great confidence in God just told me that my dad's going to be healed. Wow. But we got home that night. My, my brother got the gift of tongues, and he was prayed over. <laughs> and, and he was he was, was about was ten years old. Very articulate. I I kept trying to pretend that I had tongues, uh, <laughs> but I mean he he was. It sounded like a language, you know. And he kept saying to my mom, "I, I want to share this new gift with Dad." And my mom was like, "Oh no, no, you can't do that," because uh, my my dad was very bitter, very very depressed, very angry man uh, in, in in the nursing home. He he gets on the phone and calls my dad without my mom knowing it. And uh, my dad answers the phone. He said, Dad, I, I went to this prayer meeting tonight. I got this gift, and I want to share with you. And he starts praying in tongues over the telephone. <laughs> well, my, my dad stops him and says, get your mother on the phone, which, of course, my mom's expecting to get, you know, reamed out. Uh, and she's like, I, I didn't want him to call you, and I can explain. And my, my dad says, listen to me. 
that boy just said the Lord's Prayer in Latin to me. <laughs> Which is all I remember from, from my high school Latin classes, you know. Wow. And um, he's like, I don't, I don't know what you're doing, but this has got to be real. Wow. And uh, so my, my, my brother at that point, you know, he was just 10, had never heard Latin in his life. You know? Oh, but, yeah. Um, so God used that to actually open up a crack in my dad's heart. Wow. Uh, some, people, some people from the prayer group at our parish started going to the nursing home and, and praying with him and um, it really leading him through a life in the Spirit Seminar. And o- over the course of the next six, eight weeks, uh, my, my dad ended up having you know, a, very, a very powerful conversion experience that, uh, that ultimately led him to have an encounter with Christ uh, in the nursing home, in the midst of a seizure, um, <laughs> and and you, you, know, you just gotta. I mean, uh, the, the story takes way too long. We just don't have the time for it today. But I mean, o- over the nine years that he was hospitalized, he had thirty-three major surgeries, including two brain surgeries, and you know had 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 a lung removed from lung cancer. The lower four vertebrae of his back had been eaten away by cancer of the spine, and uh, I mean, he he was he was just a complete invalid. Wow. Um, because of the brain surgeries, he would frequently have these seizures, and he had a grand mal seizure one night, and in the midst of that seizure, Jesus appeared to him in a vision and washed his feet, and he woke up from the vision healed and able to walk. And oh you know, subsequently, they did, they did all kinds of tests, and the, the vertebrae that had been eaten away in his back were back in his back, and the lung that they had removed surgically from him because of lung cancer was back in his body, and the nerves that they had that they had cut and severed and burnt in brain surgeries were all back and functioning. Oh my! Goodness. I mean, there's there's there, there's just there's just no way medically to explain absolutely what happened to him. Miraculous. And 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 that and that happened literally a week before my tenth birthday, hmm. uh, which which was almost six months to the day from the night that we went to that Pente- Pentecostal prayer meeting. You know, uh, so so there there I am as a ten year old kid. And and I I had experienced the the power of God the reality of God in a way that was just undeniable for me absolutely and um and uh, so I mean it really altered the course of my life the, the reason why I love the story of the Samaritan woman is because it just captures so much what happened right like the the Samaritan woman has an encounter with Jesus at the well and runs back to the village to tell everyone come and meet a man who told me everything that I did. And I, I don't think the people's reaction to her at first would have been, okay, let's go out there and see this guy, right? Like, you, you, you developed it so well, Dan. Like, this woman was sketchy, and people treated her miserably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, uh, and that's the reason why she went out to the well to avoid people at the time that she did, right? Yeah. I don't think their first reaction would have been to just do whatever she said. I, I think they saw the change in her. Yep. And that's what drew them out to see what she had experienced, you know. Um, and, and that's what happened to us kids. Like, my mom had this encounter with, with God in, in Denny's and then with the prayer meeting at our parish. And then she came back to her village, which was our family, and started telling us all about it. And it wasn't so much what she was saying that drew us. It was, it was what we saw in her. She was changed. And that's what made us go, you know. Uh, but but later, I could say, just like those people said, you know, at, at first I came because of what I saw in you. What You know, I came because of your testimony. But uh, but now I've experienced it for myself. 
and I believe that this is the Son of God, you know? Amen. Um, Amen. And, and that, so, like, that, that experience really did alter, alter my life, uh, and really all through high school and college and, and after college. Like, my, my life ever since has, has been, I've become a herald of the kingdom, and I'm sharing with people about what I've experienced with, with, with Christ and, uh, and, and with His love, and I, I want people to come alive in, in that in their own life. And Jim, has it has it always been easy for you? I mean, I, you know, I, I think of when we encounter Jesus, it, it almost uh, I've, the words missionary impulse have been sticking out in my mind lately. Like that, there, we need to have this missionary impulse where the Lord almost like when you have an encounter like you did as a nine year old, a ten year old. How do you not give your entire life over to the Lord? Right? Like, has it always been easy? How do you deal with the, the difficult times? Well, I, I mean, I, I think for me, and, and, and I know that God doesn't work like this in everyone's story. Like, I, I had something very dramatic and, uh, and, and very tangible, uh, and, and I know God doesn't work like that in everyone's life. But I think God does allow those miraculous things to happen for some people so it can be a testimony for others. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, I've, I've gone through a lot of very difficult times and very hard times that have made it, you know, it's been very challenging and in, in some ways, my life has continued to be marked with lots of tragedy. That lots of people that I've been close to that that have died, and lots of tragic circumstances. And and even in my ministry, like I, I was a youth minister at the parish that was two miles down the street from Columbine High School. Wow! So when when the Columbine shooting happened uh, year, years ago, you know, two hundred of my teenagers were in the school. Three of them were murdered. And, you know, an, uh, another dozen or so were injured. And, and I, I went through two or three years of just very traumatic, depressing circumstances in the aftermath of that shooting. So, I mean, like, I've, 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 I've experienced lots of difficulty and lots of trial and struggle. Yeah. But I've always been able to hold on to the reality of how real God is and, and, and how God wants to be a part of our life. Uh, God doesn't always change the circumstances. But God does offer us abundant life. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Heck yeah! Uh, like when, when you when, when you have that abundant life and those living waters really flowing within you, the circumstances will be whatever they are. Uh, but you can always hold on to and 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 thrive on the life that God is putting in you. You know. Yeah, and I think you know. I think sometimes what we're looking for when we turn to the Lord, uh, and we're looking at these living waters, we're looking for just an earthly solution. And, you know, for your family, there was a, a very tangible earthly solution. But sometimes the Lord's healing takes a number of years. Like Jacob, when he wanted to marry Rachel, it took him 14 years before he could uh, he was finally wedded to Rachel. And I think the Lord, you know, when we approach him at the well and we ask for these life-giving waters, sometimes it's a miraculous healing that happens within six months. But sometimes... It takes time and patience, and, and the Lord wants us to wait for those 14 years or maybe 40 years and, and wander with Him in the desert and remain faithful. And so whether or not your your story is, is like Jim's uh, and the Lord wants to give you life-giving water and, and, and heal you uh, immediately, uh, or whether your story is more like Jacob's where you have to wait 14 years, either way— the Lord wants you to remain faithful to him and to use Jim's testimony 
uh, to know that God is still alive and active in this world. The same, the same spirit who healed the sick and, and, and raised the dead in biblical times is still working today. And, and Jim's life is a great testament to that. Jim, thanks so much for sharing with us. Thanks so much for being on the show. Um, I think your yeah, story absolutely. is a story of hope. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience before you? Uh, we have to leave? We have about two minutes left. Well, I mean, I, I would just want to emphasize what you just said. Like, God does work very differently in different people's lives. and uh, But at the heart of living water, at the, at, the, at the heart of abundant living, is God wants us to be free. He, he, no matter what your circumstances are, uh, he may not do the miraculous thing to take away the circumstances, but he wants your heart to be free and wants your life to be filled with joy. Uh, and, and he wants to be the heartbeat of that joy. Uh, and that's something that he desires for every single one of us. Amen. Amen. Jim, thank you so much for sharing your story with our audience. Uh, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to invite you, our listeners, to encounter the power of Jesus Christ for yourselves. Catherine Hadro. Every week, I get together with a team of pro-life experts to shine the light of truth on abortion, euthanasia, assisted suicide, and the culture of death. We'll help to inform you so you can become engaged in the pro-life movement. EWTN Pro-Life Weekly, more than a show, a call to action. EWTN Pro-Life Weekly with Catherine Hadro, Sunday morning at 1030 on EWTN Radio. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. I want you to have such confidence in the Lord that you'll find such hope and see the beauty of the Lord, the majesty of God. What did our Lord say, huh? If your sins are as scarlet, oh, what? What's going to happen? They shall be made white as snow. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Hello, welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into the lives of extraordinary mission. Encounter is a co-production of the EW10 Global Catholic Radio Network and St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. And Dan, we just heard, I think, one of the most incredible testimonies yeah. of God bringing complete transformation. What I mean, what, what was the highlight of Jim's testimony for you? Well, I just think... <sighs> I think one of the coolest things is that he was nine years old, and I think sometimes we put limitations on the Holy Spirit and limitations that there. I mean, that was just a story of all of these limitations we could have put on God, and God just brought expectation. And I, I love it too. Like um, Jim was nine, and he got a prophetic word for the healing of his dad, yeah. and it was that it was that it was that word that actually um, he believes released that healing, and it, it kind of reminds me of the. Um, Ezekiel in the Valley of the Dry Bones, that Ezekiel sees this just defeated army. In, um, and then, you know, God says, you know, prophesy to the dry bones. And he hears what God says, but nothing happens until Ezekiel starts prophesying that once we actually um, declare what we hear God saying, then it actually releases forth this grace to carry out the thing that he told us to do. And what happens to the dry bones? They come back to life Amen. and form form this mighty army. And so, and, and what's the same thing that happened with, with, with Jim's dad? You know, he, he speaks that word and then all of a sudden the recovery starts to flow. Yeah. And he said, it's just like, I knew it was going to happen. And he, how old was he? Nine years old. 
And what do we do with our kids? We treat them like they have a junior Holy Spirit. <laughs> Isn't that awful? Uh-huh. They yeah. Can, they can handle like stickers and cotton candy Jesus, but they can't actually handle the power of God. Can I share with you my youth ministry pet peeve? Yes. Just you and me. Yeah, so, just you and me. Yeah. No one else is listening. So. I was, um, I'm, Dan and I both do youth ministry work and we we're often in, in settings where there's like, um, I don't know, like we have to come up with prayer experiences or, you know, worship events and things like that. And then, um, sometimes someone will propose something and then another person will be like, oh, I think that's too much for the kids. You know, it's like, uh, what's, what they're really saying is I don't think these kids are old enough to experience God in a meaningful, profound way. What does Jesus say about childlike faith? Uh, he says, uh, unless you become like a child, you will not enter the kingdom of God. Oh, wow. So it sounds like the children actually have a higher capacity to receive the fullness of the Spirit. Yeah, and, it, and it's like, it literally, adults do not hold back youth from releasing the kingdom of God. Uh, even Pope John Paul II said uh, to the youth, you are not the future of the church. You are, you are the present the of the church. Amen to that. You are salt and light. And literally, I, 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 my prayer with all of my involvement in youth ministry is that uh, we release um, young people to be the salt, the light, the fire, the water that our church needs right now, not just in the future. Yeah, we just want to encourage all of our listeners to share our show with, uh, with, with young adults, with young people, high schoolers, just to get the word out because uh, the power of God is present in testimony. And young people, when they hear the testimonies of like people like Jim Beckman, they're like, I want that for myself. Yes. And they hunger. And I think sometimes like, as adults, we can kind of get into this uh, idea where we're like, oh, that's nice that that happened for that person. But young people don't do that because they see their whole lives and they, they just see potential ahead of them. And they say, God, if you did that through them, you're going to do that through me. And that's why the Holy Spirit unleashes himself in their lives. And and, and uh, listeners, no matter how old you are, no matter what age you are, I just pray that when you were hearing Jim speak, your your heart was hungry for the move of God to work upon your family. I want so the good. move of God to work right now in their lives, Patrick. Right now. Um, so another thing I love from Jim's testimony is how like this guy, this Pentecostal preacher guy that he went to was just like, who wants to experience what I was just talking about? <laughs> that, like literally there is two elements. This guy proclaimed the gospel. He proclaimed Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And then he said, uh, who's ready to receive a demonstration? Mm. And that that's the kind of faith that we need to say, we're going we're gonna to talk about God, and then we're going to demonstrate it. And actually, that is a, the wisdom that the church has set up for the Mass, that you proclaim the gospel, and then you demonstrate it through the Eucharist. Oh, the wow. Eucharist is a demonstration. It's not another proclamation. Yeah. And then, oh, guess what? You can experience that. Eat Jesus! Yeah, right? the, the intimacy, the, the, yeah. the, the demonstration is ultimately what leads to the intimate relationship. Yeah, and it happens through faith. And what do we do? Oftentimes we find ourselves in times of ministry where all we're doing is proclaiming and we're not demonstrating. And, and you know, we don't, we don't want to just proclaim the faith to our children. We want to help demonstrate it to our children. And that's what uh, Jim's mom did, right? Absolutely. It was amazing. Awesome. Well, what, uh, Patrick, what else was like really, um, what was burning on your heart as you heard Jim's story? I just want to see like miracles, like, like it was miracles of healing, miracles of family transformation, that like he was in an atmosphere of faith where th- this could happen and then it actually happened. And, and I think what Jesus said, like, if you have faith the size of mustard seed, you will say to the mulberry bush, 
be uprooted and planted into the sea, and it will obey you because you believe. Mm. Uh, and and the, the the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. So, like, I'm just hungry for, like, faith. Like, what was possible? Like, what I see happening in the church now, I think 20 years ago, um, would have been, like, crazy. And so, when I, when, if you ask me, like, Patrick, what do you see, like, is the new normal in 20 years? I'm going to say... Jim's Jim's testimony that like these stories are going to be kind of normal and that it's going to have such a power that like the world is going to be like, wow, um, I'm broken. I'm like, I'm sick. I, I, I keep hearing these stories from people in the church and, uh, I want to, I want to try that out. I don't, I don't see a lot of doubt and unbelief being the, 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 the normal, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like right now in our culture, we're so overwhelmed by all these bad statistics that there's like such an atmosphere of doubt and unbelief. But I don't know, Dan, I, I feel like we're not called to be, we're not called to be, uh, you know, thermos, ther- thermometers, right? Like yep. that just are reflections of the culture around us. We're called to be thermostats where like we change the atmosphere of our culture. Yeah, that's so, that's so powerful. And I don't know if we think about that enough that we can actually change the atmosphere of, of our workplace, the atmosphere of our family, the atmosphere of our parish or our neighborhood, right? That we've got through the power of God, we've got the power to do that. And so I, I think that ultimately it's like I get excited because Jim described one of the worst situations, like for his entire family, his father being paralyzed, his mom being like completely depressed. And God took that and worked a miracle. So right now, I just want to pray like for anyone that had anything like that, that God would actually do miracles right now. Amen. And Jesus said, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they're to pray, it will be given to, the, to them by my Father in heaven. I I'm agree. One. I, I'm two. Okay. I agree. All and right. And so uh, <laughs> if there's any more out there, we want, we, we, we're going to partner with you for that. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak to any situations where there are family members that are paralyzed, that are sick with with intolerable diseases. In the name of Jesus, we stand against sickness and disease, and we pray for a release of heaven's healing over people that have been calling out for years, even for 38 years, God, that you would do a miracle in their body, that that would be a so that we might believe that you that you actually say, pick up your mat and walk. Father, I also pray that wherever there are prodigal children that are far away from the church, that you would actually, uh, that you would actually convict them of, of righteousness, sin, and you would lead them back into the church in Jesus' name. Father, we pray against a spirit of anxiety, against a spirit of uh, depression. In the name of Jesus, we cast out all anxiety and all depression, and we call the Holy Spirit to enter. We pray for a spirit of peace, joy, love, generosity, kindness, self-control. Just fall right now. Come, come, Holy Spirit. Fall upon all family members that we're praying for right now. Open up their hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on Encounter. Encounter is a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. To learn more about us or our show, you can go to EncounterRadio.org. That's EncounterRadio.org. Thank you so much, and God bless you guys.